Strip accelerates, McDonald hasn't flinched yet. And here he comes, Adamo. He let loose in a stride. But instead of ice, is coming away. Hello and welcome back to the Sitting Ducks review, touching on uh, Moyer Stakes Day at the Valley and, of course, um, Golden Rose Day at Rosen on Saturday. Unfortunately, all the sectional times aren't out yet um, for yesterday's meeting at Underwood, but I'll give you my little two cents on that anyway. So we'll start off with the Moya on Friday. Um, so soft's six track throughout the card. Last race is a soft seven. Um, could tell pretty early on, once again, Mooney Valley on speed horses, big advantage, rails and run. They seem to just get this big kind of kick off the bend when you lead um, at the Valley. Like they just hug it and they just seem to put like an extra length on those ones chasing and it's only those ones with a real good turn of foot that can get there. But you can definitely be forgiving of a few at the Valley um, from Friday night. We'll start off with race two. Uh, the leader was Queen of the Ball. Ends up winning the race. Went out, went out 3.7 lengths slower to the 600. Last 600, 8.2 above. You're never going to catch her when you go out that slow and, you know, you put yourself in that position at the Valley on the rail. Fastest last 200 of the race. They finished 4.5 lengths inside the Group 3 class. Rated really well there. Um, I think Troach was a really good run too from second. Craig Williams did a really good job getting across from the wide barrier. Had to work a little bit and then on that turn, you could see her just kind of fading off a bit but did really well to hang on for second there. I think English Riviera in third is an 1,100-metre horse. Um, fastest last, uh, fastest four to the two of the race and that last 200, she just couldn't go and she had a pretty cozy run. So I'll be backing her back over the 1100. Um, Lady Laguna, another one, if they could go back, Jamie Carr probably goes out a lot quicker on this horse and puts her in a better position because she didn't have much luck and she's not really a turn of foot horse. I thought bound for home was, you know, a big, Big run here back to Caulfield or Flemington. I think she can turn the tables on all of them above her. Um, and I think Ojai as well, maybe that's not a track, but she is a get back and run on horse. So you're going to get that with that type of horse. But yeah, credit to the winner there was really keen on a great ride by Blake Shin. But yeah, Bound for Homes maybe one that we might get a price about next start. Moving on to race four. So your leader was his heaven there. They went 3.3 lengths above to the 600. Tijuana home, 1.2 lengths slower, your winner. Overall, the finish 1.2 lengths inside the Group 2 class. The ride wins it for Tijuana here. I think that's how you pronounce it. I should have probably listened on Friday night. Barrier 2, Mark Zara goes forward. Um, it puts him in the perfect spot. It was just too, I suppose, mapped too well for them late with uh, Fajita San coming at them. Um, for the Guineas, I think most of them go there. Aft Cabin has these covered. Pretty simply, um, not much else to it. You know, the first three are good in this race. I could probably follow them, but not against, you know, after having Golden Mile coming down. I'll touch on that Golden Rose later, rated extremely well. So I doubt they're turning the tables here. I think Virtuous Circle, um, who was third there, will be really well suited to a bigger track. Because I know it's won at the Valley before, but it's just going to be tough. For him there. And Fajita San looks to have improved. You know, he's been a bit in the wilderness, looks to have been, you know, back to his best. Not his best, but, you know, 
back again. But yeah, like I said, no chance to beat Arf Capital, Golden Mile. Um, race six, Desert Icon. Sorry, race six, the Group 3, Jarrah Cup. Um, Desert Icon wins. So he's gone out 1.4 lengths above there to the 600. He's come home eight point, uh, 0.8 lengths uh, outside the class, finished off 0.5 lengths inside the Group 3 class. Easy bet in hindsight. Fit horse, leader, track and distance winner. Chris Waller fourth up. Uh, Preble on, on his birthday. All just, you know, tick, tick, ticks. Um, Persan looks to be back. Fastest last 200 of the race. Further looks good for him. Um, keep Damien Lane on. Rode it really well. Got him to the right part of the track. Um, sorry, didn't even get him to the right part of the track. Kept him on the right part of the track throughout the run and then, you know, had to swing wide and then charge later than he, you know, another 200 metres, he would have been right in the finish there. So he looks to sort of bounce back off his last start. Um, but yeah, they were the only two for me I could really follow. No, not Verve was good, but his best is at the valley over this track and distance and had the soft run from barrier one. So yeah, I'm Desert Icon and Persan to follow there. In saying that Desert Icon stepping up in class, a little bit of a question mark. I think he's just been beating horses on having the perfect run. But, you know, he was still good there on Friday night. That's what you can ask for, I guess. Um, race seven, the group one, Moya. So it's rated pretty average here, slash poor. To the 600, Colin Gatt has gone out 1.2 lengths slower than the class. She comes home 0.9 lengths inside. Overall, 0.3 lengths outside the class. Um, few jocks, if they could go back, they'd definitely change their strategy. From barrier one, she's just pinged out. Um and held him there. Maram Yusis, they got this spot on. They just said, you know what? We're going to get our horses super fit. We're going to send Generation, Colin uh, Gatter forward, Bella Nipitina. We don't care how wide you're drawn. You go forward. Craig Williams did an absolute pearl of a ride. Um, ended up pocketing Rothfire. He's definitely forgiven the run. Just bullied, bullied Lane to have to sit and wait and then kept bumping him around the turn. Bella Nipitina is, you know, quite a, you know, experienced horse around the valley and, you know, has ran a lot in these group ones and ran well. Um, yeah, track and distance winner too. Um, yeah, really good ride by Craig Williams. Just couldn't get there late. But I think, yeah, a few of these jockeys, if they could go back, would have sent their horses straight out the gates there. I know Damian Lane would be going right forward there on Rothfire and sitting outside the lead. Um, but, yeah, they almost trifecta at Maran Eustace. Generation just misses out on third. Yeah, I think you've can forgive Rothfire, as I said. Generation was good too, stuck on well, just got stuck on the rail, um, which is, you know, pretty hard for him. Pulelli, good return too. Don't be worried about this horse. Fastest last turn of the race, 1,200 back in Sydney. She's gonna, uh, He's going to be a huge chance. September run, you know, way back in the field. You're not going to see this fastest, uh, second fastest last 200, bigger track. She'll be right in this. And then, yeah, there's a few others, but I think you can – you can follow down a September run in the race, but in saying that, um, the race hasn't gone huge. I don't have too big of an opinion on Colin Gatta. She was in the right spot um, in the best part of the track, with the, arguably the best jockey in Melbourne on down at 50 kilos. It's going to be, I think, hard for her to, you know, win again, but they've done it. They've got their second group one there for Colin Gatta. Um, but yeah, I'm being more keen on backing Rothfire. Just really unlucky there. And I think Bella Nip- Nipitina is flying. Generation forgive, Zoo Star forgive. And then you can, you know, dig back in the field for those uh, runs like September run and stuff. Extremely lucky. He was just in another planet. Um, they just went 
you know, even though they didn't go that quick, he just couldn't keep up. So don't know what they did with that horse. Maybe a spell come back because that horse has a bit of talent too. Um, moving on to race eight, the group two stock stake. So lady of honor there, 2.2, led at 2.2 lengths inside the class to the 600. Daisies comes home, 1.4 lengths outside the class. Overall, the finish, 2.8 length, um, lengths outside the class. It's rated really poorly. Again, um, Daisy's fastest eight to the six, six to the four, four to the two, second fastest two to the post. Um, if you're worried about kissing all four cheeks, don't know what Zara was thinking. I could, with about 400 to go, you could see him just like sitting there waiting, like, do I go to the outside of Lady Von or do I go back to the inside? He's trying to, you know, ride one of the better rides of the night and go up the inside. It just hasn't worked. She's a building horse needs to swing wide and saying that Mooney Valley is definitely not the best track for it and a soft seven. So you can forgive kissing all four cheeks, but I think the camp are kicking themselves now because they could have waited a week at Flemington and got it to a really good track where she probably wins the race. Now they've ran her on a soft seven. They've crammed her up and she hasn't been out of let loose. So I know Nick Ryan will be spewing, but he made the call. Um, and, you know, let's move on forward. And I know Mark Zara is probably thinking, why didn't I go to the outside? So be forgiving of her around that 1,600 metres again. I think she can win. I know there's a bit of question marks on 1,600 metres, but um, each time, like, you know, she's had an excuse now. But excuse, like, if you have to keep bringing up excuse for a horse, um, you know, it's not the best thing either. So they'll sort it out with this horse. She's a good horse. Um, definitely be forgiving of her. Daisy's, though, you know, missed the start, ends up winning the race. I think she's... Going really well, even though the race is rated poorly. Um, 2,000 metres is a big tick for her. So she's probably the only one I'd want to follow out of this race. She ran really well there on Saturday. Uh, it's going to wrap up Mooney Valley. Thought it was a really good card. I was stoked with it on Friday night. Started off really well on the night. Um, and then, you know, Rothfire and Kissing All Four Cheeks let me down a bit. But definitely... Um, you know, really good to see Friday night racing back and, yeah, quite enjoyed it. And then we wake up Saturday for Rose Hill. Um, really fair track, I thought. You didn't want to get too wide, but you could win from, you know, in front. You could come from the back. They were all getting off the rail, which just means, you know, which is really good because, like, it's not a disadvantage to lead because if you go out and lead, um, you get to, you know, you're getting the first pick of where you want to get on the grass and then, if you want to go back up the inside, you can in the inferior ground because sometimes you get uh, Rose Hill, you know, pretty biased, just lead a rail. So it was good that it wasn't like that on Saturday. Gave every horse their chance, I thought, unless you were a horse I'll touch on later who was 30 wide trying to come down the outside. Um, starting off with race four, the Stefan quality. So the leaders to the 600 gone 0.3 lengths inside the class there. Home 1.1 lengths outside the class to finish two outside the class overall rated really poorly Herman Hesse was a tough wash fastest last turn of the race Collette just had a shocker there couldn't make up his mind another bad ride by a jockey um should have won the race so easily it was f- like just cruising up behind them and then Mohican Heights who just didn't run on Collette got scared of it I think and didn't want to pull out in front of Pikey but then when he did, when he saw Mahiganites drop off, he pulled out. It was way too late. There was only 100 metres to go. So, yeah, not the best ride there. Um, but, yeah, I'm against his form line overall. If, it, if they get to – if all these horses go against each other again, I think you've got to be really keen on good track, Herman Hesse, wet Cadre de Noir, and I think that the fit horse who was up and running, Grove Ferry, there did really well to fight late. 
I've got conditions to suit. Um, yeah, I think if it was the other way around, if Herman Hesse was there and Grove Ferry was back in the field, yeah, wouldn't have, you know, worked out that way. And Cadre Dunois, like, ran really well on conditions not to suit him on a wet track. So he drifted hugely in the market, Herman Hesse firmed. If you got it the other way, I think Cadre Dunois would have got smashed. Herman Hesse binned if it was a wet track. So keep that in mind for next time. Wet track, Cadre, good track, Herman Hesse. Um, race seven, the group two golden pendant leader uh, went out 0.4 lengths outside the class. They've come home nimbly 0.5 lengths inside. She ends up winning the race. They've finished 0.1 lengths inside the group two class. This is the horse I'm talking about, Espiona. J-Mac puts her so, so wide, ends up running the fastest last four to the two and two to the post of the race, fastest four to the two of the day. Uh, she's becoming costly, Espiona. Drew, drew a wide, like, wide barrier. I know it was tough for him. He had to sit her wide, but he didn't even – I mean, at the end of the day, that's probably the best run you can get for her. Just get her as wide as, as she can and let her build, but – Sometimes you might have to show some initiative and just go forward on her because she's coming very costly for punters. Absolutely smashed in the market too. I think she was 480 into 340. Um, and yeah, just didn't really live up to it. She's ended up running fourth. Not a bad run at all. I think next time she runs, there's going to be a lot of eyes on her. And I think we might be able to get a price about a few others because she's just, yeah, really struggling at the moment, I think. Um, Nimali, so this horse, you know, has form behind Zaki, probably a pretty easy bet in hindsight. Just looking at that, she stuck on really well there behind him. Um, Palaisa Pan, really consistent horse. I think you can follow her with confidence. She's running super well, just all, and like a good mapping horse too. Just sits, you know, can sit in that first four and just peels it, peels it like to the wherever she wants to get to and can kick on pretty well. And, you know, I keep taking these horses like Espiona and Star Tontes who just have no luck in the run. They just keep running up backsides. Like Star Tontes just up backsides the whole time, didn't even get to unleash. And you see Colette just like holding her behind horses that are just falling off in her lap because she's just a get back and run on horse. So that's her though. Like she'll pop up once in a while and you'll get, you know, she'll win. But all those times that you've backed her before, she's becoming really costly as well. I think Jamae is gone. That was uh, probably my biggest against in that race. She's a horse like Star Tontes who gets back and runs on but just doesn't seem to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. So I won't be backing her, um, yeah, probably ever at this stage. But, you know, you can forgive Espiona, Star Tontes and a few other, but I think you got to be – this is where you start to think strategically, like this is them. They might get me once. Or, you know, I take horses like Nimali, Palacepan, who go and sit up on speed. They map well. They take luck out of the equation and they're still, you know, maybe not as talented if everything goes perfect for them, but how many times do things go perfect in a run? I've already complained about three or four rides um, and we've only had a few races. So, yeah, um, it's tough. Like, this is why this is why punting's hard, but I suppose, yeah, that's why we love it too. So, not a hugely confident race going forward for me. Um, they haven't rated that well, but yeah, there's some forgives, there's some ones to follow. Um, you just got to kind of pick your way through it. Moving on to race eight, the group one, Golden Rose, your leader, Zoo Tiger, has gone 2.5 lengths inside the class to the 600. Jackano comes home 5.1 lengths inside the class 
he ends up winning the race. Overall, they finished 3.2 lengths inside the Group 1 class. This is a serious, serious racehorse. What a win. Second fastest last 200 of the day when they've gone out 2.5 lengths inside the Group 1 class. He's absolutely stormed home. What a ride by Damien Lane. Ride of the day. I think everyone could say that. Everyone would have been cheering for um, in secret to come home and you know, I was I was on Jack and O tipped it, so I was just going like get there, get there. And yeah, you know, that last try, he definitely got his head down. So awesome there on Saturday. Um credits to In Secret. She was really good having a dart back to the inside. It was surprising to see Golden Mile go forward. Interesting strategy there, probably getting him more suited for that sixteen hundred, maybe a bit of fitness there. Um but yeah, it was a really good, good race, I thought. Race you can follow with extreme confidence, as I said. This is rated really well. So, Jardin and Fireburn, I thought, were very good. They've definitely got a race popping up for them. Mullane was good too. Um, and, of course, you know, in secret, big tick there. Just unlucky, got beaten by a better one. Golden Mile looks really well suited. Um, went forward, showed that he can, you know, go forward and still kick off it. I thought, I thought with 400 to go, I thought he was almost home. This horse was just cruising and then, you know, just Bit him in the butt that last um, 200 metres. Can he beat after having, I don't know, really tough. The way that this race is rated, I'm leaning towards him at the moment though. Um, I reckon you can follow all the horses through to Mullane, you know, wherever they go. If they all go against each other again, I think um, you might get a few similar finishes. I think... So Jardin and Fireburn are the two I was most keen of following other than Jack and O. I just think wet track, you go Fireburn. So Jardin was really good too. Um, and I reckon you might get a little price about both of them. So race nine, the group two, Shannon Stakes. This was an extremely slowly run race. So your leader, Ellsberg, has gone at 8.4 lengths outside the class of the 600. They've come home 2.8 lengths inside the class. Surf dancer came home that fast and ends up winning the race. So, overall, they finished 6.3 lengths outside the class. What are the jockeys doing here? Like, so, you look, you go back and look at the form. You've got Surf Dance coming out of a slow run race. You've got, um, oh, what's his name? Flame. I, I can't even remember who the first, something Flame, who ran second. Old Flame ran second. Um, both coming out of slow run races. Both probably have the best turn of foots in the race. So, they just go and sit outside Ellsberg who goes – you know, extremely slow and just run straight over the top of him with the low weight. It just doesn't make sense. I think Tim Clark got this wrong, considering what he did with Alligator Blood, where he got it perfect the day after. Ellsberg's a running, rolling horse. Get these horses rolling that can't handle a, you know, a tempo and show that turn of foot, and you probably win the race. Um, you know, and then it brings all those other horses into it, like Kiku, um, Dr. Drill. They all get their chance instead of these, you know, uh, Lesser class horses down in the weights who just get to sit there and, you know, show their turn of foot late. Um, but in saying that, they have ran on really well. I want to – if if I'm looking at a race and there's no tempo in it, they're definitely two you can follow. Both of them are Surf Dancer and Old Flame. Fastest last 200 of the day for Old Flame. If you find if you find a race where there's, a you know, lots of speed in the race, you can be against them, I think. Um, really worried about Mount Popper for a horse that – had such a slow tempo and did so little. He's in a lot of trouble. Um, Big Boy Roy, a lot of trouble too for him to fall off off that slow tempo. But Dr. Drill was okay back to the inside, but I'm against this race overall pretty bigly. Moving on to Sandown. So the figures aren't out for this yet. I'll just touch on 
the two races, just what I thought about them. Um, Tim Clark, what a ride. Showed how tough Alligator Blood was, you know, that fit horse coming from, um, you know, racing through the autumn into a bit of the winter. Um, 1,800, no, like, everyone was questioning it. Can it run it? And it just showed him there on Saturday. Think that um, there's a few forgives, though. You look at... You look at how the race is run. You got Mwanga, who usually wouldn't go and sit there. So you got to think, I'm thunderstruck, Mr. Brightside, a pair back than where they want to be. Um, and then you've got Zaki, who was second up there, 1,400 metres off a wet track to 1,800 second up. Don't think that's ideal. And then you've got um, Mr. Brightside, who had to then swing four wide instead of three wide. So I had to just sustain a run for a lot longer because Mwanga kind of just popped his head up. Then if you're watching the run, you've got those you've got those middle lanes where Alligator Blood and Zaki came down. You see I'm Thunderstruck and Moanga, uh, I'm Thunderstruck and Mr. Brightside like clearly get past Moanga and they just don't let down as well. And then you see Alligator Blood, Zaki, and then Moanga late just, you know, kicks up those exact same lanes and just misses on, sorry, just nails Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck for second. Like Alligator Blood, clearly another level than them on Saturday. But I just think there was a little bit of a bias maybe through that middle section. You didn't want to be coming too wide and you definitely didn't want to get on the inside. I was just trying to like find if there was any forgives there because you look at the market support. I'm Thunderstruck, $3.40 into $2.10. Zaki, $2.30 out to $3. Um, Mr. Brightside, they binned it out to $6.50 from $4.50, I think it was. Alligator Blood was probably the most solid, just didn't really move like 750 out to eight back into 750. Um, really good race, makes things so interesting for the Cox plate, you know. You've got, considering how Mooney played on uh, Friday night, you know, you we know that you want to be on speed there, even though over longer distance, I think it becomes more fair. But you've got Alligator Blood and Zaki were two on-pace horses. I'm Thunderstruck, couldn't run them down at Sandown, maybe with a few excuses if you're being really picky. But, yeah, Mr. Brightside had to, you know, sustain a, a run for a lot longer than what he should have only been third up there, seen 1,800 for the first time. So you could probably, you know, make some excuses for him. But you take it on face value, Alligator Blood and Zaki, probably the two better runs there. I'm against my one guy. I just think that, you know, he was headed and then just kicked back up that inside where I think it might have been a little bit better. But, he was still good as well. You can't rule him out anymore after his first up run. So, yeah, makes things really interesting, makes things even better than what, you know, they were, I guess, because now you don't know what to do. Like, do you just back alligator blood, hoping that he can run that 2,000 metres? Like, he showed he could on Saturday. Do you think that Zaki – like, Zaki's going to take a lot of improvement out of that third up uh, being fitter as well. You've got I'm Thunderstruck who, you know, had to sit a pair back than what he wanted to, and Mr. Brightside who was – had to just sustain that long run because Mwanga kind of jumbled up the race. Nonconformist, I don't know where that thing was in another planet on Saturday. I think they ruined its chances out of the Memsey going forward. Now it just doesn't, you know, it's a bit clueless. So, yeah, against him probably for the Caulfield Cup. Um, just touching on the last race, the Sandown Stakes, I'm going to make this one quick because I didn't think much of it. Pinstripe, not a betting proposition anymore. He's going to show those flashy sectionals late, but he just doesn't map too well. He does too much wrong. Gentleman Roy, you know, I couldn't decide between him and Dragon Leap. Don't know what I was thinking. Just back the on-pace horse who gives it his all, who's super consistent every time. And, you know, you'll end up winning money in the long run. Um, 
I thought military expert did well to hang on because he looked gone as well. And then Dragon Leap looked to have the race covered and just fell off. So that was an interesting race. Gentleman Roy, credit to him. This horse just keeps on running well and winning, you know, running second, winning. Um, so yeah, that was, that was good to see him win. I'm a big fan of that horse and I wish I went in the last. Wow, this thing will be special. I'll be back right after this with three things I want to follow. That wraps up all the tipping. Um, yeah, see you guys then. Chautauqua, here he comes, the thunder down under. Humidor lifting in the middle. Humidor, the old boy, yes. And Bivouac, who explodes. Bivouac with a powerful display. Zaki in front, sink it over, down the stands well. Lunges, gets up. Three things I want to follow this week, starting off with Mick Price, Jack and O's trainer, I'm Thunderstruck's trainer, um, was really good at Mornington 2 on Saturday. So Mick Price from September the 1st to now, horses under $10, 13 from 49, going at 26.5% there. Now, when you when his horses are really in the market, so under $5, he's 9 from 21, going at 43%. You are making a killing on Mick Price at the moment. His horses are racing really well. Probably should have won there with Ed and two if he didn't run into an absolute freak in I Wish I Win. Second thing I want to follow out of Saturday, the Group 1 Golden Rose form line rated extremely well. I think it showed a lot of class from a lot of horses. Um, you can follow all the way through to Mullane on that race. And something I kind of want to don't follow um, is the Shannon Stakes, the race where uh, Surf Dancer won, beat home Old Flame and Ellsberg. I just think... These horses are going to start to run in some quality, run into some quality horses that can go out and lead pretty quickly. And I don't think they're going to handle it. But, um, like I said, if they do run into a slow run race, which I don't think they will now, you know, getting deeper into the spring, um, they're definitely a chance. Thanks for tuning in to today's review. Um, of course, more racing coming up this weekend. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a ripping card at Flemington, I'm pretty sure it is. So, yeah, cheers. See you guys on Thursday or Friday for the preview with Clava Momo. See ya. But it's Persan at the clock tower. Persan, what a prep it's having, and it's going to run in the cup.